Hello, fellow anxious millennials and friends. This week, we've made a donation to the Loveland Foundation, which was founded by the incredible Rachel Cargill. Rachel is a well-known writer, lecturer, and activist, and if this is your first time hearing about her, I highly recommend following her on Instagram at rachel.cargill or on Twitter at Rachel Cargill. Her academic work and activism are rooted in providing intellectual discourse, tools, and resources that explore the intersection of race and womanhood. The Loveland Foundation was established in 2018 by Rachel in response to her widely successful birthday wish fundraiser entitled Therapy for Black Women and Girls. Her enthusiastic social media community raised over $250,000, which made it possible for black women and girls nationally to receive therapy support. Rachel and her team believe black women and girls deserve access to healing and that that healing will impact generations, and we could not agree more. The Loveland Foundation is committed to bringing opportunity and healing to communities of color, especially to black women and girls. Through fellowships, residency programs, listening tours, and more, the Loveland Foundation hopes to contribute to both the empowerment and liberation of the communities they serve. We've attached a link to the Loveland Foundation website in the info for this episode, and we hope that you join us in making a donation. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials. Harry and Ron commit Grand Theft Auto. This chapter is just (laughs) the Harry Potter version of Grand Theft Auto. It is. GTA (laughs) Hogwarts. (laughs) Ah, What are we going to do? And he's like, do you? Ron is all of a sudden Minnie Mouse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> why the fuck can you only see their eyeballs? Like, why would why would an invisibility booster work on every single part of your anatomy except for your eyeballs? It's just Harry and Ron. What's going on? What are they doing? Do you think they? Do you think they just like opened the door and like peed? I. Guys, I'm really sorry, but they would have died. If this had actually happened, I don't care if they're landing the car in a tree, they would have died. In a tree. It's not like trees are soft. They get their trunks, they pull up, and they're like, let's look in the castle. What's going on in the castle but Hagrid binge drinking? There's a snake in the basement. You don't There's know. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. In this house. He's saying what? There's a snake in the... Yeah. There's a snake in the basement. There's a snake in these pipes. There's a bas- basilisk in these pipes. You know, some guys just can't hold their arsenic. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. All right, five. Nope, I always go too slow. Sorry. Five, six, what, are, what am I are snapping on? On nine? One. Oh, do you want, sorry, do you want, you want one five, through eight, six, right? Seven, eight. I don't know. I just need to know when I need to snap. Well, we've only done this twice, and the first time you did five, six, seven, eight, and you thought it was too quick. So then last week we did one through eight, and we slapped on nine. No, I didn't. And you preferred that way. I didn't know what to when expect. We did five, six, seven, eight. When we did five, six, seven, eight. It worked. 
That was the one okay, that worked. That's a- so I'd say yeah. do that one again. Okay. Five, six, seven, eight. I'll just choose one of Allie's snaps to line it up with. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. I'm a per- I'm so glad we recorded that. I'm a professional. It still, still isn't as good as the first one where she was like, <laughs> I mean, we have the audio recording of that. We yeah. Yeah. By yourself yeah. doing that. Just That's not the true. video. Adam, somehow find a way to edit that into the episode, please. <laughs> All right. Hello, Allie. Hello, Ari. Welcome. Oh, hello. Allie, you look. Stormy. You look gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you so much. I did not in any way, shape, or form try to get you to say that. It or you didn't <laughs> even get ready. Banter. It came, it yeah. came very naturally. Yeah. You woke up like this. Uh Allie, what happens in chapter six called Gilderoy Lockhart? In chapter six, Gilderoy Lockhart, Harry goes to class. And has a lot of great interactions with Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> great is in terrible. <laughs> Guys, I love Gilderoy Lockhart. When I was reading this tonight, I was laughing to myself like a lot about it, like really enjoying. Okay, let's just get into it. <laughs> so okay. there is one thing he says that like every time I read this book, I crack up. Okay. Um, so we start out the chapter with, um, guys, another list of the food that's being served. I made a note about that. It sounded delicious. Yeah. I also made a note that she had to say that the great hall, which reflects the sky was a dark, was like a cloudy gray. And I was like, isn't every day in Scotland a cloudy gray? Like, isn't that the whole <laughs> point of the country is that it's gray. always cloudy and gray? Truly. Um, so Ron and Harry go down to breakfast and Hermione is a little icy towards them. And the mail comes and something falls and it's Errol. Why do they, why do they keep using that owl? Retire him. Yeah. <laughs> Put him down. He clearly is not doing well. I just and and the other thing that got me was like Hermione Hermione was like, "Oh no, he'll be okay." And Ron was like, "Yeah, I didn't care about that." And I was like, "Ron, <laughs> what are you going? Okay. Yeah. He was like, "Not that." Um, God. <laughs> so, as it turns out, Errol is delivering a howler, which is like I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like an angry letter that it's like the audio file of an angry letter. It's like it's like an yeah. audio message, you know, that you can send on like an iPhone that you can send and be like, hey, like I'm driving. So I'm just telling you. Yeah. you know? It's almost like he pressed play on a podcast. Yes. But of his mother. But talking. a very loud podcast. <laughs> yeah. It definitely Subscribe. is like the voice memo feature on your in your text messages. Subscribe to Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials wherever you get your podcasts. Good, good. Um, so 
he's Neville's like, you just got to open it. Why didn't Ron take it out of the great hall? Like, I know that later on some, I can't even remember who it is, gets a, ho- a howler and they take it, they take it Neville. out of the great hall. It's after, yeah, he gets one from his gran after he loses the passwords in the third book and Sirius Black finds them. And he, you're right. He, he runs out and of the And like, great everybody hall. can still hear it, but I still feel like it would be better than having everyone look at you while it's happening. Like, I, I wouldn't, yep. I don't understand why Ron didn't run out. And also, like, are we to assume that no one in Harry's first year at Hogwarts, no one got a howler? I refuse right. to believe that at a, a magic school, at a school that's for young wizards and witches, there was no one that got caught after hours, like doing shifty things in the potions dungeon. <laughs> there definitely was someone someone had to have gotten maybe one. they just knew come on they just knew to go out in the hallway they knew to go out in the hallway so do you think a howler is like a specific hallmark card that you have to buy that you like attach your audio to or do you think it's like a spell on just a regular envelope that turns it red and makes it talk i think it's like a charm yeah do so we don't think like, Hallmark also sells wizard <laughs> items. <laughs> Do you think there's like yeah. a positive version of a howler? Like that's what I want to know. That like if someone gets engaged, like you can send them a letter that's like congratulations. Like, is that an option, or it's only you get if it. you're angry? Like yeah, yeah. it's you just like it's just it's no. just the it's just like a local queen who comes over to you and is like yeah. <laughs> okay that's it yeah <laughs> who knows maybe i would love it we never find out in the books but maybe um so we find out through this howler that arthur gets in trouble at work and molly's very upset with ron and harry's like "Ooh, i feel kind of guilty and it's like yeah you dumb shit i yeah you should you're I was like, wow, Harry. (laughs) So after they receive punishment, Hermione's like, okay, they've suffered enough. And so I'll talk to them. (laughs) So they go down. They go down. The worst part. I'm so sorry. The worst part of just like (laughs) the idiocy of Harry and Ron is just like. The amount of ways that we know wizards can travel through many different avenues to get somewhere is just like they fully were like well we've lost the only way to get to hogwarts there is no other (laughs) way than the train so we like god forbid flu powder which i just discovered is a thing three chapters ago is ever used again like also just send hedwig like minerva said you have an owl right there you have an owl. She was cooped up all summer anyways. She would have been like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> They're so stupid. Jeez. Yeah. I love the absolute screaming subtlety of having the first class be herbology. <laughs> A class that we've never been to before. <laughs> and to, oh, so <laughs> like, it's just such a glaring kind of and it's so much more obvious than any of the like hints that she dropped in book one that it was Quirrell, you know? Yeah. It's just so glaringly yeah. like, this is going to be very important, children. Um, And 
So they're waiting um, at the the greenhouses for Professor Sprout. She comes along with Gildroy Lockhart. And guys, I have to tell you, I'm sorry, but I truly love his unearned confidence because it's just there's no awareness there. And I just think it's absolutely hilarious. Like, and just the fact that he's showing up and like every day he has a different robe on, you know, to me, it's like the excess of daily life is comparable to like Lady Gaga. Like, you know, the video that she just made of her going to vote or like the face masks that she wore for her VMA performances. It's just like that level of excess that like every single thing that he does must be performative in order to like hide who he truly is, which is a fraud. But it's I just love yep. and like the fact that he was like, don't think that I'm better at herbology than your herbology professor, but I might be like. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Um, just the, also going back to like the non subtlety of. um, Like the herbology situation of being like. It's so weird, too, because we're also going to Greenhouse 3 instead of Greenhouse 2. And I was like, yeah. any more red flags you want to throw in there, Joe? Joe? Literally. I'm surprised. I'm truly shocked that part of Hermione's explanation of what a mandrake is did not include. And it also cures those who have been petrified. <laughs> like, I I'm, know. I'm I shocked know. that it was not there. Yeah. Yes. Seriously. Um, I and I do love to. Um, I do love to. I do love to. Um, so Lockhart takes Harry aside, and he's like, <laughs> Harry, 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 what are you doing? Um, he says to him, uh, "Just calm down, all right." And I was like, you know what, Harry? That is advice that you should take. You do, you do, if you take nothing else from this monologue that Lockhart is giving you, please calm down, okay? I know that you're like, this dude's crazy, but you really do need to calm down for the whole series, okay? that That's just like a blanket statement. Gilderoy Lockhart reminds me of that theater teacher or professor that we've all had that is very um, self-indulgent. <laughs> And really like into themselves, but it's like definitely like what Allie's saying that it's like a shield in terms of like they're actually a fraud, but they don't want anyone to know that. Or like they tried to, to go to go to New York, but they didn't make it. So then they like came back home and now they're teaching and then they get mad if like any student gets like attention or praise because they wish they're getting that praise. And that was all I could think about and probably all I'll ever be able to think about whenever I read anything with Gildor Lockhart ever again. I was like, this is truly who he is. Like, he's that theater teacher <laughs> with even like the robes, like the theater teachers that wear like the scarves and like the the cardigans. All I like, can think of is exactly Mrs. That. Darbus from High School Musical. <gasps> yes. Played by my old roommate, Julia Lester in um, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Hey, Julia. Love it. <laughs> hey girl <laughs> i also just think that like in this in this chapter and kind of the whole book like it's such a great um commentary on the concept of like celebrity 
and it's because it's just like so funny and it's so like wink wink you know he's so ridiculous and it just sucks that jk rowling turned out to be the way that she is because it's like oh my yeah, god yeah you're the kind of disgusting like you're a gilderoy lockhart now do you understand that like do you fully yeah. see what's happening here that you've turned into him completely yeah he really would have thrived um if he had like keeping up with the kardashians but like getting around with lockhart or like something Mm -hmm. like that like the fact that he just like always it would be called like that's it would be called living lockhart (laughs) there you go oh living Living lockhart Lockhart. Mm -hmm. yeah he like would have done really well at a time when that's like (laughs) happening i have no interest in the kardashians so i don't really know what their show is about but i just know the only thing they really can say is that they look nice that's about it and they have money that's it they have a lot of money yeah too much um so gilderoy gives this whole thing to harry harry goes to class professor sprout starts class and the point system here makes no sense because because Hermione answers two questions right. She gets 10 points for each. When Harry and Ron stopped the troll, they got five points each. So Hermione has gotten double the points for ask, answering a question correctly. And when you consider the fact that by the end of this chapter, she has gotten 30 points. And it's like, and like, it was that whole big deal of like, Harry lost 50 points in book one. And it's like, Hermione just made up more than half of that in the span of like five hours. Yeah. So Gryffindor would literally win every year if we're going off that because Hermione needs a Gryffindor. But he didn't lose 50 points. Didn't him and Hermione and Neville all lose 150 points? No, they they lost 50 points each for a total of 150. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, so he individually lost 50 points. Right. Harry. Right. But I think I don't think when people were upset they were like you lost 50 points. I think they were like the the first years that those three first years lost us 150 points. Does that make sense what I'm saying? The, uh, like the, that's why the upperclassmen were mad. It yeah. It does, but okay. like the point that I'm trying to make is the fact that like but you're not helping me. Yeah, I, so I want I, what you're saying makes sense, but I want you to stop saying it so that I can make my point. That, <laughs> yeah, Adam, can you shut up? <laughs> that she's gotten 30 <laughs> points and say if she got 30 points once a day for five days, she would get 150 points and be able to make that up in five days. I think it's just because Professor Sprout is the Hufflepuff, the head of Hufflepuff House. So she's just like really generous. So she's just like, you have 10 points. You have 10 points too. All your shirt's tucked in. You get 25. Like she just yeah. truly is like very generous. Yeah. Do you think Hermione let was like called on or do you think she just raised her hand and started talking? No, she, she raised. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um. She probably like nodded to her and then Hermione was like, Mandrake or Mandragora, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she all, she narrowly misses like punching Harry in the face, which is really funny. I wish they would have included that in the movie, like him being like, whoa, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So we find out about Mandrakes. Um, what the fuck? I'm yeah. sorry. A question, which might be what you were just about to say. 
Mandragora is their name or Mandragora is the name of the potion that's made? What's happening here? Mandragora is the Latin name is what I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Well, Hermione, you extra bitch. It's like <laughs> the so genus. Extra. It's like the genus and species was my guess. Okay. Fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> annoying. <laughs> but I guess that's the point that Hermione's just like that extra. Fine. She just knows it all. Why? What was going on with J.K. Rowling the day that she, her imagination, mandrakes popped into her head? Like, it will be a plant that when you pull it out of the dirt, it's a baby and it screams. And when you hear it, it'll knock you out. But but when they're an adult, when they scream, it'll you'll it'll you kill you. It, but when they're under the ground, it's fine. But when you pull them out of the ground, it's not. And just like the logistics of having like this is a living human thing that you're literally burying in the soil. OK, but you're supposed you find out later that they have some type of like social interaction with each other, that they're like trying to sneak into each other's pots. So like, how are they getting out of the ground? And do we consider them like villainous because they're coming out of the ground and they start screaming and they're murdering people with their screams? What's going on with this? There's two, there are too many loose ends that she did not tie up when she introduced Mandrakes into these books. And later in this book, she says something like, oh, as soon as they start moving into each other's pots, then we'll know it's time to chop them up and stew them. And I'm like, these are like baby plants that you're That's talking the about. other part is that you're like, you're now like, <laughs> like murdering what seem to be essentially like humans that live in the soil. Yeah. Like, like Daisy had made humans, then definitely creatures, some a creature that like feels pain or so, or something. It, I when I was reading mm. this, I was like, what kind of fucking nonsense is she doing? Why did we give her money for this? I don't know. Why in God's name were we like the fantasy? I do think this <sighs> second book. My theory is that she was very pleasantly surprised that the first book, like became as popular as it did the second book i don't know if she quite knew what where she was going or like what she really wanted to do but then she got back on track for the third book so this book is like sophomore slump it's just not that yeah not that great it does feel like this book um like has a it feels like the one that you can pull out and you would still understand the whole series the only thing you would miss is like the diary Yes. But I feel like she came up with the diary for the book and then later on was like, let's make it a horror cross. Wait a minute. Wait, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe this could be a thing. <laughs> I don't think she originally planned that to be a horcrux or like had horcrux planned then because the fact that he was able to destroy it so easily then she's like uh and uh, a basilisk fang is the w- one thing one of the few things that can destroy a horcrux which <laughs> is like okay Joe, which just okay. happened to be in the chamber of secrets who and knew? how convenient who that in the <laughs> final battle Ron could just imitate Harry speaking snake language oh we'll get there I I just finished Deathly Hollows and I think about that every fucking time that I'm just like, what the fuck, Joe? And I try the only reason I kind of buy it, how did Ginny get into the chamber? Because she was possessed. 
Oh, but that's right. He comes out of the diary. Well, it's in, like, or, like he, takes he, he like takes her. over her. So she's like possessed. And yeah. Okay. So it's basically him that's doing the parcel tongue then. Um, so <laughs> I guess we need to mention that they meet Justin Finch Fletchley. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yeah. Who is a real chatterbox. He, I am Justin Flinch Finch Fletchley. That's me. Um, he had his name down to go to Eton, which is a very rich, rich, rich <laughs> school, honey, in the UK. Um, so they leave herbology class. They go to Transfiguration. Ron's wand. The fact that Harry did not offer, like. Hey, do you need money for a new wand? Because it's kind of my fault that we got into a situation where you broke your wand. Dude. Again, he is the worst type of rich person. <laughs> he truly is. It's terrible. It's so bad. I'm still not over the fact that when we had the conversation about how he could have given the Weasleys money for like all the times that they were feeding him yep. three meals a yep. day plus snacks mm -hmm. and using like, I know I'm sure the wizarding world has a different way for managing like their water. They don't have electric obviously, but like he's not going to contribute to like utilities. Come on, bro. That's like the least you could do. Mm -mm. He's worthless. They go to Transfiguration and they're, Ron's having a really hard time because his wand is broken and it's literally taped together with Spello tape, which I really love. That's just, it's like a funny little thing. Spello, Spello tape. tape. They're uh, transforming beetles into buttons. What happens when a living thing becomes an inanimate object? No, nothing. It's dead. Like what? It, can you turn it back? Exactly. And if you turn it back, does the beetle have a memory of being a button? It makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> Is it, does it come, it comes back and it's like, what the fuck just happened? I was completely Whoa. out of time and space for a minute. What's going on? Probably. So they leave Transfiguration and they're like, what class do we have this afternoon? And it's Defense Against the Dark Arts. And Hermione has drawn hearts by Lockhart's name on her schedule, which is just like, it's just, it's really sweet to remember that she's like a little girl who has like a crush on a famous person. Like, I just <laughs> think sometimes that we're like, hey, she's so cute, you know? Like, she's just like a little 12 year old who has a crush and it's adorable and like blessings to Hermione Granger. Um, so they're having a little break and while they're in, they're in like, you know, the courtyard while they're at the courtyard, who comes up to Harry, but Adam's favorite character. <laughs> Young Adam himself. <laughs> Young Adam, Colin Creevy, my favorite character in the whole series. And... Cutie. He, little Colin is so sweet. He's like, you know, I'm a muggle. I had no idea this was a thing. And he's got he's got the fascination that's just like very sweet and endearing. And he's like, Harry, you're famous. Like, can I get a picture? Will you sign it for me? And then Malfoy and his goons walk in <laughs> and he's like, what are you, are you giving out signed pictures, Potter? And it's, you know, it's just, he's very funny. Like he's an insult comic. Like he's just coming in to just kind of be a dick, which I love. I mean, good for you. Somebody has to do it. And I'm glad that it's you, Malfoy. 
So he comes in and he's making fun of Harry. And then um, they're about to kind of come to blows when Lockhart walks in and he's like, Harry, what's this I hear about signed photos? (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, I know we've already talked about this, but like Colin is correct. Like Malfoy is jealous that Harry is getting this attention. Like, that's just so obvious what's Mm -hmm. happening. Well, and also, like, I don't want to get in too into Colin now because he appears many times in this book and we will have him have a very heartbreaking moment later. But um, he is just he is the Ben Wyatt of Pawnee. Like, he is the (laughs) one who, like, gets thrown in and is just like. What is yeah. this? But more in like an endearing way, not Ben Wyatt, where he's like horrified by these psycho people. But but <laughs> yeah. he's just so excited to be a part of the world, and he's such like a he's such like a perfect vessel for the audience who like loves the books to be like. That's what. That's how exactly what I would be like. Like I would have been fully like, can I have yeah. a photo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. For sure. Oh, did you know that? Yeah. It's just it's very <laughs> sweet. Um. <laughs> And so Lockhart is like, let me take a picture with you and we'll both sign it. That'll be worth something. Um, Once again, the theater professor that involves themselves. Like, it's just exact. Sorry. And so then they take the picture and Lockhart's like, Harry, we need to talk again. I I love that he's like decided to adopt Harry as like his mentee. Like he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to mentor this young man because he's on the cusp of fame. I'm there already and I need to lead him in the right direction. (laughs) And so he's like, Harry, you're being a little bit big headed by doing this. And then he says, you'll be like me one day and you'll have to carry around stacks of signed photos. I love the idea of anyone carrying around stacks of signed photos. Like it's funny. Of it's funny for Lockhart to say it, but it's even funnier to imagine any famous person doing that. Like, can you imagine like meeting Tom Hanks and being like, I'm such a big fan. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, here. Although I will say, I Damn. will say this does remind me um, when I, I think it was, it was either earlier this year or late last year. Um, Rita Moreno was speaking at Notre Dame um, and I went to go see her and they they didn't give out programs. But when we were leaving, we all got an eight by ten of her. <laughs> oh, my God. So every, everyone just walked out and we got an eight by ten of Rita Moreno. And then I had it. I had it like at our apartment and it was like sitting on the kitchen. T- and I feel like somebody was like, is that your grandmother? And I was like. Honey, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just such a funny thing. That's EGOT Rita Moreno. I know. know. It was just such a funny thing that I was like, I took it and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I really love it. So that's, yeah. I I love that. Like that's EGOT Rita Moreno or like that's EGOT Whoopi Goldberg. I love that. I'm going to use that now. (laughs) That's EGOT Alan Menken. What do you want? Yeah. the one other thing i do want to i do want to run back really quickly um when malfoy is on his litany of insults to harry he's like i don't think that having your forehead sliced open makes you special and i was like you're not wrong (laughs) you're not wrong i think we've all kind of thought that so thank you for vocalizing that because you're not wrong (laughs) 
Um, so and yet again, Harry, again, I'd like to just say Harry has proven nothing like he he he's not proven that he's like <laughs> incredible in any kind of way other than he caught a snitch in his mouth and looked in a mirror at the end of the last year and saw a stone fall in his pocket. Like, I don't know what you people want. And, and he murdered an adult man. <laughs> he murdered an adult man. <laughs> So they go, they go to defense against the dark arts class, and <laughs> this is where he says the line that makes me laugh every I, time. Uh, well, first of all, I love that he, so he has, like, he holds up a book, and he points to it, and he goes, me. Like, me. <laughs> yeah! That's the one! <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart. What the fuck? <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then he time. lists off his accomplishments and he's like, and then he also says that he won best smile and he's like, but I don't talk about that. And it's like, you literally just did. <laughs> um, and he did earlier in the chapter. Yes. Oh, to right? Harry? I, to I Harry, think right? So. I, he might have. I can't remember. I think he does That's with like Harry. When- that's like when someone like clearly wants to talk about something, but they're worried like you might be uncomfortable or you might not want to hear about it. So you bring it up, but then you don't elaborate. And it's just like, just talk about it then if you want to he share. Does, he does say it to Harry in that monologue. He brings it up. Yeah. And and I like that he also says, he's like, I see you've all bought a complete set of my books. Well done. As if it were quite. <laughs> you don't need them. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I'm sorry, this is optional. You better fucking tell the Weasleys that. Jesus Christ. Like, all of them. And to get the, the complete series. Come on, bro. And then... Also, Jesus. it's just like... the. <laughs> sorry. To go back to all of them buying. The fact that every person... So, all seven years of Hogwarts, you have to take Defense Against the Dark Arts. All seven years. It's like math. You have to take it. But the fact that there's not like a, well, this book is for this year. Like, it's just like all of my books every year. We're all reading the same thing. We're getting through it together. It's just so stupid. (laughs) This is where it's like, didn't you say, Allie, were you the one that was like, it's genius for him to like make everyone buy his books. Like what a genius move. Adam might have said that. Yeah. I don't yeah. That was you. Listen, a scam (laughs) scam goddess Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, you gotta give him credit for that. He's like, here, let me make this work even more for myself. (laughs) Jesus. And so he gives them a quiz that goes over like three pages front to back and they're all questions about <laughs> I would do this. If I were a professor, I would absolutely do this. I would get up in front. I would spend. Okay, so we have discussed on this podcast that you, like Snape, on your first day as a professor would burst into the room <laughs> and then apparently the next thing you would do is immediately give them a quick oh this is not first this day this is material. not first day this would be at the end of the course so on their final this is on the their final. final exam there it, it, there Jesus. would be and i guess i would do it for extra credit and it would be and it but <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's for real points if Maybe. they don't know then you know they've they've disappointed me greatly and it's it's questions about things that i've i've talked about myself 
throughout the semester. And then at the, you know, I want to see how well they've listened to me by the end of the year. And so then, so, but it's, it's really so that I can grow so that I can tell more entertaining stories the next semester. It's like your version of year end eval. Yes. But I'm, but I don't care about the academic part of it. I only, I want it solely focused on me as a person. Yeah. Okay. I just think it's so funny that this quiz is 54 questions long. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. And it's not like multiple choice. It's like there are three questions to every question. It's like, how old is Gilderoy Lockhart? What's his birthday? And what sign is he? Uh, <laughs> and what's his favorite color? What's the best thing he's ever done to date? In your I, I love that too, like, that he's like, in your opinion... But there's very clearly a right answer. Like he's like, in your opinion, what is it? But I, we all know what the correct answer is. But just tell me your opinion. <laughs> it's winning which weekly's most charming smile award five yeah. years in a row. And I, I also love just like how did these tidbits come up in these books? Because I love that. Like we know that he's written an autobiography called Magical Me, but his favorite color was not mentioned in Magical Me. His like, um. His ideal birthday gift is not mentioned. So what is what is it that's in Magical Me versus what's not already in the books that he's written? It's just funny for me to think about that, like... I think his books, he finds ways to bring these things up about himself, for sure. Like, it's just, like, one chapter where you'll be like, there was no nothing even happened in this chapter. He just talked about, like, when he went and got his yes. hair done. Like, yes, I love it. I love it so much. Um, and so... So he's like, okay, first day of class. Mm. I'm t- I was trying not to clear my throat in the microphone. <laughs> I'll cut it anyway. You today. can clear it right into the mic. I'm going to cut it. <laughs> Starting a car. Or like a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is like, first day of class. I got to go big on the first day. So he unveils that he has a cage of cornish pixies okay and um everybody's laughing because they're like this isn't like a dangerous thing because he's hyped this up as like you know you'll face like unknown terrors in my room blah 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 so they're pixies and then he literally he gives them no instruction about what they're to do he doesn't tell them like tips for dealing with pixies he doesn't like he gives no information and he just releases them into the classroom (laughs) and then it just says it was pandemonium (laughs) which i love i am gonna as we progress because again this is our first defense against the dark arts class that we have in the series as well i have some real questions about the what what is supposed to be taught in defense against the dark arts because it's in the name adam right so are we saying that cornish pixies are we saying cornish pixies are dark arts because should they not be care of magical creatures no, that's a great point. I think it's literally he was just brought them in so they could practice defensive spells but like he first has to teach them how to use defensive spells and he that's yeah. what he doesn't do they're not like they might be magical creatures but they're not ones that you would take care of whereas the ones that hagrid has are like maybe like semi-domesticated or ones that you might need mm. to you know care for 
Whereas like, you know. Sure. Like you would like in in our world, care of magical creatures would be like a horse. But like in defense against the dark arts, you would have to defend yourself against like um, um, a sexual predator. (laughs) Oh. I thought we were going with undomesticated. A animals. sexual predator is an undomesticated animal, Ari. <laughs> You're right. I just I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking of like a yes. tiger. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> El tigre. El tigre. Um. So all hell breaks loose. Gilderoy Lockhart cannot control the pixies. They steal his wand and throw it out the window. <laughs> And so then the bell rings, and so everybody runs out, but Harry, Ron, and Hermione are the last three, and Lockhart's like, guys, handle this. So they they have to get all the pixies back in the cage. And it's also, it's funny for me to think, like, did he do, like, were they his first class that he taught, or has this already happened this morning to (laughs) To every every class? class. And he's just had, like, the last three people, like, put them back in the cage, and then he just starts over again. I think this had to have been the only class he did yeah, that with. Maybe. Um, but then but then Ron But then yeah, what did he do for the other classes? That's an, an interesting Ron- thought. Some other random creature yeah, in a cage. Yeah. Ron is very intuitive at the end of this chapter when he says he says he's done. Yeah. So he I That's what I'm saying. Book Ron, Book Ron is on it. Or I, I think it's very funny that um, they never, once we get into the whole story of like the heir of Slytherin, it's never even like, oh, maybe it's guilt. Like he's a very famous new person that's in the school, but like there's no, no one is like, is it he's him? smart enough to do this? Like, no, it's not even like a duress. <laughs> so I think that's really funny. Um, and then I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Oh, well. Well, and the chapter ends <laughs> and that's it oh i remembered okay this is the first time i'm almost positive it is explicitly stated that there is a bell that sounds when the um class ends and i the my immediate thought was like the glee bell like the brrr, like just like yeah. a normal American school bell, and there's no way that that can, there's no way that that's it. It has to be like a gong or it, something, like an actual bell tolling. I like to think that the bell is fox squawking. So like Dumbledore, every every day he's like, okay, fox, remember, uh, ten a.m. You gotta ring, you know, you gotta call the class is over, and and Go up to fox the top goes yeah. up and he's like. <laughs> is it an A day or a B day? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Are these Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes or are these Tuesday, Thursday classes? Like we don't know. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. Is is it a half? Do we have half? Is days? it a trimester system? Yeah. We... Is is there a parent teacher conference? Like what's what's going on? Are there parent teacher conferences in boarding schools? Probably not. I would assume. Clearly not. It's like a parents' weekend, like in college. Homecoming. <gasps> oh, parents' weekend. Beyonce's homecoming. 
<laughs> Beyonce's homecoming at Hogwarts. <laughs> Great. Can you imagine if Beyonce had played at the Yule Ball? Like the entire series like existed outside of the real world. But J.K. Rowling was like, but you know who performs at the Yule Ball? Beyonce. (laughs) For some reason, she knows that the Wizarding World exists. (laughs) She's going to perform at their school dance. All right. Well, that wraps up this chapter. Next week, we'll be reading chapter seven called Mudbloods and Murmurs. Are you reading something? I'm reading a book called Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, this week, our review in the Daily Prophet is from Kim Baldwin, 87. She says, I found Adam in this podcast from him being a guest on The Diz, and I'm so glad I did. I binge listened to book one, and I'm anxiously awaiting book it's two. It's here, girl! I love the content. <laughs> I love the content and the way that Adam, Allie, and Ari discuss, argue, joke, and laugh at each other's perspectives and opinions. It made me feel like I was in the room with a, a group of friends that love HP as much as I do, just with a few more risque jokes. You're all doing a great job. I can't wait for more. Thank you, Kim Baldwin, <gasps> 87. I don't know what risque jokes she could be possibly talking about. <laughs> We didn't play Fuck, Mary Kill with centaurs. <laughs> that episode still makes me laugh so much. It's so Great. good. Thank you so much for the kind words. We love hearing what you guys think. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect Newt score. Five stars only. Or else what this week, Allie? Or else I'll... You're going to have to come up with another, like, 180 more of these. I will send you to the bottom of the lake with the giant squid. Great. Oh, I was going to say, send them a howler. I'll also also send you a howler. Most Most of our episodes are, like, what it would be like to get a howler from me because I'm just yelling. Because I'm just like, "Ah!" we always yell at some point. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Allie, and thank you, Ari. Mm hmm. Uh And as always, snacks. Not a Bit Network. Find us on Instagram at Not a Bit Network for our other shows.